When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is the Robin Lundberg Show coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time. Rocket can. Uh, you know, someone had asked me about this um, no contest in the College World Series, NC State uh, and Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt moves on. Uh, due to it, uh, COVID-19 protocols ruling it a no contest. The timing of it uh, was in the middle of the night. But the more I read about it, I mean, it just seems like the NCAA is inf- enforcing the protocols that they had in place based on COVID. And uh, apparently a, a good portion of NC State's roster was not vaccinated. So th- that is what can happen as a result of that. And their coach was asked about vaccinated players and, he said, if you want to talk baseball, we can talk baseball. If you want to talk politics or stuff like that, you can go talk to my head of sports medicine. I'm not sure how it's exactly politics. It seems more like public health. Now, directing it to the sports medicine doctor is fine, but I don't think it's politics necessarily. And uh, is it a bummer for, for the, the players on that team? Of course it's a bummer for the players on that team. And, and I would say, you know, if it were up to me, maybe, you know, I, I would let them play, uh, you know, it, they're younger, at less risk and whatnot, but it's not up to me. And there were established protocols. And as I've been saying with the vaccine, um, when it came to the NFL, and the, the, the same thing for this case, you know, it's your choice not to get it. That is absolutely true. But you also must deal with the ramifications of said that choice, if, if that's the choice you intend to make, because organizations you know, jobs, businesses, groups are going to have established protocols, and a lot of that's going to be based on the vaccine. So if you choose not to get the vaccine and then you wind up in violation of those protocols, it's tough um, to really be upset with that. And it, it sounds like in some ways that's what's happened to NC State. So when some of the, the players chose not to do it, I mean, again, their choice, but it did have an impact on their team. And their their dreams of of you know the college world series. I mean that's not a judgment. That seems to be now a matter of fact. And and, and uh, you see the result with the the no contest being made here and Vanderbilt moving on um, and, and NC State not being able to play. Eight five five two one two four two two seven eight five five two one two four two two seven. Let's go to Juan in California. Juan, you're up next here on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to touch up on the point about the sticky substance, as you call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thing, my my view on it is, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm glad they're trying to clean up my favorite sport, and I think the pitchers are actually having their hissy fit. They're more upset 
because the Astros players never got punished for them being caught cheating. And I think that has to do, I think that has to do a lot with the way the pitchers are acting about this being checked out for, you know, substance and, and trying to keep the game clean. I, I mean, I, but that's not a good reason. I mean, like, you could be upset about that. It's two separate things. I mean, the Astros thing has nothing to do with this. I, I mean, I get it. You know, like, people wanted them to be punished. I, I understand. But that's no reason to act like a fool when the current circumstances are being and, and rules are being applied to you. I, 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 that Again, that's immature. If that's the response, it's immature. It's, it's it being, I keep saying, you know, baby, but that's what that is, being a baby. Um, yeah. and, and oh, I agree. Seems- I agree that they're acting like babies. It's just I feel <laughs> like that's why they're acting like babies because they they they're upset that the Astro players got a slap in the wrist or a slap in the hand. Maybe not even that much, and I think that's why they're acting like babies because baseball players I- are the biggest babies in the world. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely true, the latter part. I, I don't think it's that deep, to be honest with you. I don't think it – I mean, if they wanted to make a case of, like, why are you doing something about this when you didn't do something about the Astros, okay. I don't think it's that deep. I think it's – they're frustrated because they were cheating, some of them, and uh, now their their process is being questioned, and it's like an ego thing. You know, in, in Scherzer's case, it was a uh, over-the-top thing. It was like, now this is too much. The Girardi thing made it too much. He had already been checked twice. But – I bet you, and here's, uh, I bet you in two weeks, we're not talking about this. I bet you in two weeks, this is streamlined and the kinks are worked out and it's routine to the point where pitchers know they can't use the stuff, so they they aren't. And the checks are more quick because they're not catching anybody with anything and people are used to it happening and, and aren't throwing the fits about it anymore. And then it's nothing. And it, it's a good decision by baseball because it will boost the offensive numbers, at which we've already seen. The offensive numbers have gone up a, as a result of of these. Well, I mean, it could be a coincidence, I guess. I, I guess I can't tell you as a matter of fact that the offensive numbers have gone up, but I believe the on- offensive numbers have gone up as a resu- result of the um, implementation of these checks. All right, I told you before the break that the NFL may be following the NBA in some way. And I say that as I'm looking at a – I have a um, Kevin Durant classic edition Brooklyn Nets jersey hanging up in, in my line of sight right now. And that jersey, I love that that look, that baby blue um, back from the New Jersey Nets days edition that they've had. They, You know, the Nets had the Basquiat edition jerseys with the the colored painting you know on, on the side of the black trim th- this year and, and you've seen that in the NBA with lots of what do they call them uh the cla- the city edition jerseys you know every team had the city edition jersey as well and Miami Heat had that Miami Vice jersey that was really cool that people liked and, and dug and the NBA has done that sort of thing for a while well the NFL has announced that they're going to bring back alternate helmets. They will allow teams to wear two different helmets beginning in the 2022 season. So they got to ask to do it now, I think. But then, um, not this season, but the following season, alternate helmets will be available. And teams will be able to wear you know, a, a throwback helmet or a secondary helmet, which I think is cool. 
Uh, and it got me to thinking of what is the best helmet in the NFL? What's your favorite ever NFL helmet? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. A couple, you know, come to mind immediately for me. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys helmet is probably the most iconic. I think that star against the, the gray background, the blue star. I mean, that if you were just running a, a random poll about this, uh, a survey, I suppose, then that would be the winner. That's probably the most iconic helmet there is. Probably the most iconic sports uniform outside of, or at least American sports uniform outside of uh, the only argument would be the Yankees, perhaps. Lakers, Yankees, Cowboys, I guess would be the top three, most likely, in American team sports. But as far as my, my personal favorite helmets, I think I, I really like the Chargers. I like the 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 lightning bolt on the side of the, the Chargers helmet on that white, the way it pops, that, that yellow lightning bolt. Uh, I like the Eagles helmet quite a bit. The 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 wings on that green. Those are probably my favorites. If you're running division by division, let's start with the AFC East. The Bills is okay. I've never been a huge fan of the the Dolphins um or the Patriots to be honest. The Jets is fine, but not amazing. The Steelers is another one of those iconic ones that I don't know um, if that's just because they've been around for a long time or, or because people actually like it to that degree. But the AFC North has some of the, the worst ones. Uh, the Browns is, does nothing for me. Ravens is okay. I'm a, I like Tigers as an animal, but the Bengals uniforms have never been <laughs> uh, spectacular to me. AFC South, Titans, Colts. Okay, both of them. I mean, I like the Colts. Texans and Jaguars, eh. AFC West is a strong helmet division. I, I could make the argument that the Chiefs, the Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos all have good helmets. NFC East is another strong one, uh, mainly at the top. I mean, Washington never really liked their uniforms. Um, just the color schemes and, and all that was never my favorite, and, and, and obviously the reason they had to change their name. That was uh, <laughs> another reason not to like th their helmet. The Giants is okay, but the Eagles and, and Cowboys, I say, are two of the top three. In the NFC North, Packers, Bears, Vikings, Lions. I like the Lions. Maybe it's because I grew up a fan of Barry Sanders, but that, that silver and, and that blue pop for me. The Packers is another one of those ones that falls in that same class as the Steelers where it's it's iconic. Um but I wonder how much of that is simply just due to longevity versus actual uh, uh, appeal or, or, or the aesthetics of it. And the NFC South, the Saints, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons. I think my the Falcons are my favorite of that group. Uh, I liked maybe it's the uh, the starter jackets that were, were big when I was younger and, and Deion Sanders being on that team. But the Falcons helmets have, have stood out for, to me. And then... You you get to the NFC West, 
Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, pretty strong division. The, the, the 49ers, another one that falls into that, that classic category. Anthony, what's your, your favorite NFL helmet or helmets? Uh, the oil, the Houston Oilers had a great one. Uh, you know, that was unique. Uh, the oil Derek, it was stylish. Uh, so I like the, the old Houston Oilers helmet. Uh, the, the, the old Patriots, uh, uniform with, uh, Pat the Patriot on the helmet. Uh, so I, the I like the old snapping the football, that guy. Yes. Yes. I, I like those helmets. Uh, I hate the Patriots, but th- those, uh, old uniforms, uh, I do like. I like the with the red tops and then the white helmet with uh, Pat the Patriot on the top, and then uh, one more I would say the uh, the Denver Broncos the the old helmet um, the John John Elway yeah the John era, Elway the, the D Denver and Broncos. then you have the Bronco uh, there in the D uh, I, I I love that I love the uh, the old Bronco helmets. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a, big on the. Um... The Patriots, when you reference that the old one or the 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 new one, same goes with the the older Buccaneers helmet with the the Buccaneer guy on there, was not my thing. Uh, I can see the Broncos. I like the Broncos now too. I like both Broncos iterations. They they've had good helmets throughout the years. I just I'm with you. Uh, I I like the Eagles as well. The only thing I would say about the Eagles is uh, I I wish they would go back uh, to the Kelly green. Like they they have like a darker shade of green uh, now, uh, but I, I like the the real light the Kelly green uh, for the Eagles. And then then it's perfect the uniforms. They they do have a great helmet. I just, the, the shade of green for me, and uh, I think is, is I wish it was a Kelly green. My my top three are, are Eagles, Chargers, and Cowboys. I think I'm sticking with that. I think those are the the top three helmets in the NFL. But it'll be interesting to see what teams. Uh, choose and, and you know the nfl has been a stickler for the the uniforms being uh the word for it i guess uniform so i just thought that was a cool story and a, and a good change for the league to make and and it's worked out well for the nba again you see these teams play in, in different uniforms and people wearing different sorts of jerseys as a result you don't walk around the street wearing an nfl helmet uh you know you don't work walk to most places wearing a jersey but you see jerseys more as fashion items or or more in, in regular life than you, you do. You know what, what I like, too? The, uh, the old Seahawks, that when they had the silver helmets. Yeah, I know what I, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I like the old Seahawks helmets. Let me see if I can find it just to jog my memory. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The real, with the, the almost, the teal Seahawk, right? Like, uh, you know, the the green and the blue against the, the, the silver background. I'm, I'm thinking, is that Sean Alexander era? Was Was he wearing that helmet? Or was it even before him? It was before been, that, yeah. Might even been before him, right? Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson is the one that comes to mind for the, the modern era helmet in the NFL. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Any portion of the show you missed, you can grab the podcast, odyssey.com. You can also weigh in at 855-212-4227. That's 855 212 Four two two seven or at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R O B I N L U N D B E R G. Talk to some about the NBA playoffs at the the beginning of the show. Get back into that coming up next. And whether you're enjoying the fresh faces that you're seeing at this stage of the game, plus a a little bit about what Scottie Pippen had to say about Kevin Durant. And you know, from the broadest perspective, I didn't even mind. What Scottie Pippen said if he was comparing Durant to LeBron. 
But I just felt from a timing standpoint coming off of the, the series that Durant had that, that Scottie Pippen uh, was wrong. We'll get into that and the rest of the NBA playoffs coming up next. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. And we'll get back to the NBA, and to do so, I'm joined by the great Howard Beck, senior writer at Sports Illustrated, of course. And Howard, you know, uh, last night the Bucks hawks game ended a streak of, of great playoff games, but it was bound to end <laughs> at some point. I, I want to start w- with Giannis for a second because he's a guy who, after winning some MVPs, has taken some criticism over the years for the playoff performances and the lack of a bag, if you will, you know, his ability to get his own shot. And and the more I've watched him this postseason, the more I think we've sort of miscast him in, in, in judging him against, like, the perimeter players rather than judging him against the big men because he's much more of the latter, in my opinion, and he's been great this whole postseason run with the the force he's playing with and even had one of those skilled moves last night, which you could have said, a spectacular move by Giannis. (laughs) Um, Yeah, listen, I – however people want to see him, they they can see him. It's fine. Like, I – you know, he is basically a seven-footer, so you want to see him as 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 a big man who should do big man things understandable but he's also a guy who has wanted to be a primary ball handler and has been uh for major stretches of his career um you know when jason kidd was coaching there you know famously they decided no you're you're a point forward that's this is what you know when, when Giannis was still young and kind of unformed and where he's still kind of uh you know everybody's figuring out what's he gonna be um this this unique you know physical uh, combination of, of size and skill and agility and so I think he's still evolving. I know he's won two MVPs, but he's still evolving. And I think there's still, you know, depending on who you have around him, um, his role can change. And, yeah, he could be maybe – his, maybe his best role is actually to be like point center, for all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still young enough that the three-point shot, which he, to his credit he's been aggressive with, even if he can't always make it um, – a mid-range game, you know, a pull-up and a floater and everything else, all the other things that would add to his, his ability to battering ram his way through defenses or, or, or Euro step through in the paint. The more he does, the more unstoppable he'll be. So I just, I, you know, people can view him however they want is my point. I, the, the labels don't matter as much as what does he want out of his game? How much more diversity can he add to his game? And does he want to add to it? Um, over the next couple of years, I, I think, you know, the great ones keep expanding. I think he's got that mentality. And so, you know, I, 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 it's, it's too soon to judge whether it's based on two MVPs, but no postseason success or, you know, where he goes in this postseason. He's still young and evolving. And and to your point, you know he's he's kind of different than a lot of players we've seen before. So his own sort of player can continue to refine that that game. Get maybe a, a pet move would be perhaps the the biggest thing I think he he could possibly add. But when you look at the the, the teams that are left, Howard, it's not the you know typically oh it's just it's the Bucks, Hawks, Suns, and Clippers just like it always is. Uh, you know it's not not the teams that you're used to seeing play for the 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 title and and this playoffs has evolved in a in a very compelling way competitive games but some fresh faces has it been refreshing 
in any way for you, having covered the league a long time, to, to sort of see it um, in, in a little bit of a different place? It's absolutely refreshing. I think it is for anybody. I mean, especially after the era we just went through um, where you had the Warriors five straight finals, Warriors-Cavs for four straight finals, and LeBron was in eight straight finals and, of course, nine out of ten. And, uh, look, none of those things are necessarily bad on their face. You, you Give me as much Steph Curry versus LeBron as you can provide, and I will watch it all. You know, We want to watch the greats at the most important times of the season. But I do think it's healthy for the league, and for all of us as viewers for that matter, to hit the refresh button every so often. And that's what we've got right now. We know that injuries drag down the Warriors, injuries drag down the Lakers in a different manner. And so we, we do have you know different competitors. The Raptors you know, win a championship and then immediately kind of hit the skids. So we've got a different field, and that's good also because we've got so many young players. So you know, in the case of the Clippers, I don't know if Kawhi is going to play again, but Kawhi and Paul George, all right, we've seen Kawhi win a couple of championships. We've seen Paul George deep in, in, in playoffs before. But Trey Young just coming into to stardom in his third year. Devin Booker been around for, you know, what, six, seven years, but the you know, first time in the playoffs for him and making a deep run already and potentially getting to the finals and along with DeAndre Ayton and Miles Bridges, the other young guys in that core. So, you know, having that and then Giannis of course has been around a little bit and has won a couple of MVPs, but that team hasn't been to the finals. So having different stars and different teams from markets that we haven't seen in a while is a great thing. Uh, I think it's great for the league. I know everybody does the, oh, ha-ha, what happens? You know, Adam Silver must be, you know, you know, uh, he'd be pulling his hair out if he had any, you know, because, you know, it might be Bucks sons or something. I, I, I get that. Like, finals ratings, if you have LeBron, if you have Curry, if you have bigger markets, there is something to that. However, all those other markets are important, too. And having belief and hope in those markets and engagement from those fan bases is important, too. So I think it's fabulous that we have a, a different field. Robin Lundberg talking to senior writer Howard Beck of Sports Illustrated here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, Howard, I think um, the way LeBron has been covered over the years has kind of broken people's brains to a degree. <laughs> you know, uh, just this incessant talk about his legacy after every play or whether he passed the ball. And you got one guy on TV who never stops about it. And then you've got people who are fans of LeBron who are saying, hold people to the same standard, even though we know the standard is insane. And it's manifested itself in this Scottie Pippen, Kevin Durant thing, because Scottie Pippen said what he said about Kevin Durant. And to me, um, some of LeBron's greatest accomplishments actually came and ended ultimately in losses. I mean, 2016 is the number one thing. But beyond that, some of the most impressive things I could list off might have ultimately ended in a loss. And I'd say the same thing for Durant in that series against Milwaukee, where to me, Durant was as impressive as he's ever been. And maybe I, you know, gained more respect for him in that loss than I did in the wins with the Warriors because of the kind of team that they had. And, and sometimes to me, they're just, you don't have to criticize anyone. There's not someone that has to be criticized or, or held to account. What do you make of, of just the way that the sport has been covered, particularly in the, you know, regards to stars like that in, in recent times? Well, it's interesting too, Robin, because in this case, it's not we, the media, us, us idiots, you know, who never played the game and all this, you know, making these observations. It's Scotty freaking Pippen, who, you know, was on the top 50 list and won six championships and, you know, was, was one of the greats of the 90s. You know, 
I understand where he was coming from. Um, and I also understand, too, look, whether it's ex-players who are comment, you know, doing the commentary, whether it's us in the media, whether it's fans, this is just how we view players or, or how we talk about players, and especially the greats. When the greats fall short, you immediately start talking about, you know, well, you know, what if he could do this also, you know, or this other player would have done this. I, it's just the way we talk about sports. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any right or wrong there. I think at times it's, it's way, way over the top. I think some of the nitpicking gets to be obnoxious and, um, and corrosive and, and unnecessary. But what Scotty was saying about Kevin Durant, I kind of understood. Um, you know, Kevin Durant is not built the same way as LeBron James, and that's fine. They're just completely different players. LeBron came into the league as somebody who was just being described as more Michael than or more Magic than Michael, who was going to be a distributor, and he turned into an incredible scorer as well. But LeBron was a, essentially a point guard from day one. I don't care what he's been labeled at his career. LeBron's been point guard on every team he's ever played on. That's not Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is an incredible scorer who, by the way, is also a really great passer and playmaker, but it's not the way he's built. You don't say, put the ball in Kevin Durant's hands, go run the offense for you. No, that's why you have Kyrie Irving and James Harden on that team. It's why he's had Russell Westbrook. It's why he was with Steph Curry. That's not been his role. So what Scotty was saying comes off as some kind of criticism, and certainly the way Kevin Durant reacted elevated or escalated that, that tension. But I don't think Scotty meant it necessarily to be that much of a of a critique as much as it was just an observation um you know maybe scotty said it a little bit too harshly i don't know but i the 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 basic parameters of what he was observing i don't think were necessarily wrong or or damning i i think this is where it takes nuance and i know that's tough in in (laughs) these things you know (laughs) because i agree with you i believe you know if you are comparing lebron and Durant and you say you take LeBron because of his playmaking ability and, and all that, I, I, that's a case I've made, right? I, I think it was the, the some of the language he used and the timing because he said, you know, he doesn't know how to play with a team and that LeBron would have won that series or figured out a way to win that series. And, and I think just the timing because Durant played so well in that series and really, yes. you know, if his, if his foot is one inch further back, they do win that series. It just didn't feel like the time to make those comments well, or, or to be, apply them to that situation. And let's be clear, too, on this, Robin. The, the context really matters. They didn't lose that series because Kevin Durant's not enough of a playmaker or because Kevin yeah. Durant is not LeBron-like. They lost the series because – uh, James Harden was playing on one leg and was maybe 40% of himself. Kyrie Irving was out entirely. And when you're built around three stars, the drop-off to the rest of your supporting cast is usually pretty steep, and it is. And so there's only so much Kevin Durant can do. Like, I mean, you know, if I were going to push back on Scottie Pippen, I'd say, well, what do you – what, he was supposed to throw 15 passes to, you know, Bruce Brown? I mean, Blake Griffin had a nice series, but, like, there's only so much Blake Griffin's going to do scoring-wise at this stage of his career. Like, who was he? He's going to, you know, he should have just kept feeding Landry Shamit. I mean, again, like, I like Landry Shamit. I like Bruce Brown. These are good players, but it's not – that team was not built for Kevin Durant to be the fulcrum and playmaker around which everybody revolved, and he would just set everybody up. That's not the way they were built. That's not typically the way Kevin Durant has played. He did have, I think, what, at least one tennis-assist game in there anyway – um, so yeah, I mean, Scotty's right and wrong simultaneously. I mean, there's, there's a certain aspect of it that was not untrue. It's just, yeah, it, it, the, the framing was bad. And, and, and look, the context is what it is like that. That team was really banged up. 
could have won the series anyway, nearly did. And yeah, if Kevin Durant just wore, you know, one and a half size smaller shoe, maybe they're out. You know, maybe they're yeah. win. Back back to the current game real quick. Uh, the Clippers can't actually come back from 0-2 again, right? With, with, with Kawhi Leonard out. Well, I, I, you know, if Kawhi Leonard were playing, I'd say absolutely they could. But if Kawhi Leonard were playing, maybe they wouldn't be down 0-2 in the first place uh, or wouldn't have gone down 0-2 in the first place. Um, I don't think Kawhi's coming back. That's my suspicion. It's not a report. It's not inside information. Just my deduction based on the fact that he's been out this long. There's been no updates. And, you know, it's about his ACL. And so if you're out with the ACL that long, maybe it's because that tear is bigger than what they're uh, letting on. So just Paul George. I mean, listen, Reggie Jackson's been fantastic. And you, you get a, a Terrence Mann game and you get a couple other guys breaking through now and then. I mean, it's, it's not impossible, but I don't, I don't think it's very likely without Kawhi there also because the Suns are that good and they've got Chris Paul back now. Um, they stumbled the other night. I, I have a feeling that, that the Suns will uh, will steady things again and win this series. We'll see how it, it shakes out tonight. But uh, as you, you said, Howard, it's been a, a fun and, and uh, to use the word again, refreshing NBA playoffs in some ways and, and always fun and refreshing to talk to you. Uh, enjoy the games and the rest of your weekend. Appreciate it, Robin. You too. Take care. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. And if you missed anything, you could do that. But I'm going to get to everything I haven't in just a second. First, let me get to Robbie in Alabama. Robbie, you're on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Good morning, guys. Doing all right? Yeah. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to comment on that. Man, I've been following the College World Series. I mean, just regional, super regionals, uh, SEC tournament. I mean, I, I next to the Super Bowl, that's my favorite time of the year. And I've, I've followed NC State and all those teams, man. And obviously, I'm an SEC guy, but – Dude, I, I I just don't get it, man. I understand, like, the protocols and all that, but, I mean, you've got packed stadiums. You've got – I mean, people are living their lives now, which is great, you know, in my opinion. And, and those kids have worked so hard all year long to get to this point and then to be kind of jerked from it. I, I, I don't know exactly what they did. If some guys went out at night, you know, or something, I don't know. But they got a great team and a great coach. And, uh, obviously, I'm pulling for the SEC, Vandy, or Mississippi State, but – Man, they, NC State has such a great team, and, and to put to beat Arkansas, you know, the way they did in uh, in, in Fayetteville, and then for them for this to happen, man, it's just it's kind of wrong to me. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I, two things. One, if it were up to me, I would you know let them play uh, most likely, uh, you know, if, in in the grand scheme of things. Um, but it's not, and there are protocols in place for a reason. And, and I think, you know, like when a, a big chunk of the team isn't vaccinated, this is what can happen, right? And, and that's where, you know, it, it, the personal choice, as I said before, plays into the impacts of, of the personal choice, which can affect the team. Um, and and it, it seems to me, at least, that that is in large part what happened and could have been prevented uh, from them had more of the team chosen to get vaccinated. I mean it's a, a hard reality, I guess, in a sense. Um, and, and, and I, you know, it doesn't make me feel less bad for anybody who was getting to this moment, worked very hard to this moment, but, um, there are protocols in place and it does seem like the NCAA is just following its protocols that were there. And if you know what they are, then when you choose to do or not do something, um, 
it has to be with that in mind, or you have to realize that that could be what happens as a result. Let's go to Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, you're up next. What's going on? How you doing, Robin? Happy well. How are you? Belated Father's Day. Oh, thank you. You was that last Sunday already? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it goes so fast. Believe me. Yeah. Right? I can't believe my girl's 27 already. Hey, before we get to the basketball with the superstars, you know, in baseball, I mean, there are some good young uh, players coming out. I think Tatis and Shea Otani and Tupé, I thought he was having a good year with with the pitching. But I think these guys are going to get the, the MVPs. In. And, of course, Toronto's got like three guys, at least. the juniors. They might be better than their fathers. I just find that it's a, what a coincidence. But good drafting. I'm sorry, my neighbor's dog is uh, sees me goes crazy. Um, it's nice to see Booker. I think the next Kobe. He was drafted 14th. Kobe was 13th. And um, Young. Nice to see. And, and with the Clippers, they better win. Otherwise, Paul George is never going to live down those uh, feet throws. Thanks again. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I mean, I think Paul George has already redeemed himself. I, I, people miss free throws. He's played very well. He's too good a player to be constantly made fun of. I'd pump the brakes a little bit on the Devin Booker's the next Kobe thing. Devin Booker has been very good, and he does do some stuff um, because, uh, uh, you know, in the mid-range that is reminiscent uh, of Kobe for sure. All right, we, we have gotten to the NBA playoffs, though. Time to get to everything I have not as of yet in another one. What is up first, Anthony? All right, so some coaching hires to discuss. First, uh, Jason Kidd hired by the Mavs. Rick Carlisle returning to the Pacers for a second stint as head coach. Are these guys good fits? Um, well, yes, I actually think so in both cases. Uh, Rick Carlisle is a micromanager. You know, he's a great coach, but he's a micromanager, which may be why there could have been some tension with Luka Doncic, who's a freestyler. You get to Indiana, there's not exactly that group in place, that player in place who is going to have the gravitas nor the ability to rebel against Carlisle, if you will. So I, I do think that is a, a, a solid landing spot for his style and where he's at in his career. Um, as far as Jason Kidd goes in, in Dallas, um, if people have blowback because of some of the accusations that were made against the Mavericks organization in recent times and Jason Kidd's you know, domestic violence history, that I would understand. From the basketball standpoint, I, I think some of Jason Kidd's struggles as a coach have been a little bit overblown. Um, and I think Jason Kidd is a basketball genius. You know, there there are very few basketball geniuses watching him play, uh, hearing the reverence that other players have for him at, at, that have played alongside him or been coached by him, including LeBron, you know, just as he left the Lakers. I think that he has... Um, the ability to to really fit well with Luca and with that that team and, and and kind of change his reputation as a coach. So in both cases, I do in fact like the fits. What's next? Uh, some more coaching talk here. Chauncey Billups will be the next head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. Becky Hammond was a finalist for the job. We know she's qualified, so that's not the question. We we know she's qualified for the position, but do you actually think at some point in time some NBA team is actually going to pull the trigger and actually hire her to be the head coach? Yes, her or, you know, someone or the next version of her. You know, the the, the um 
I, I think you're already getting quote close. Her name is being mentioned. You know, like it before it was the fact that she was an assistant or on a staff was a big deal. Now her name is being bandied about in, in head coaching searches. So I, I think it is a matter of time at this point before she's the most likely candidate to, to become the first female head coach in the NBA. Um, but I, I do think it is a matter of time. And, and, and I do think, you know, the work that she's put in uh, will be groundbreaking in the sense that she will be thought of as a pioneer in in um, leveling or breaking down any preconceived notions or, or stereotypes that would have worked against a, a woman getting one of those jobs. But I do think she will or, or another woman will um, get a, a head coaching job in the NBA sooner rather than later. What's next? So Doc Rivers said this week that he's very bullish on Ben Simmons and has plans to work with his uh, point guard this offseason on his shooting woes. Rivers teased the plan a day after Philadelphia's Game 7 loss to the Hawks, telling reporters he knows exactly what we want to do. Uh, Ben Simmons, of course, a three-time All-Star and 2020 All-NBA guard. Simmons' agent met with the Sixers uh, this week. Sounds like, as of right now, Philly is committed to Simmons but do the Sixers need to trade him this offseason? You know, you always say in the immediate aftermath of a loss like that, you say, yes, they need to trade them, him. And and I still think uh, they should ex- be exploring trades for him. It just looks like it's run its course. The fan base uh, is only going to make it worse on him. His confidence, he was clearly in his own head. He wouldn't even dunk a basketball. And, and there's still something to be salvaged there. I could see Ben Simmons playing more as a big man with shooters around him um, who, who can can defend multiple positions and not necessarily being cast as the point guard. With that said, he has not developed his game enough. Not just the shooting, scoring. He doesn't score at all. He's, he's got no uh, moves to go to, no, no array to go to. Is he a lost cause? He's still too young to say that. Do you trade him for nothing? No, I don't think you do that if you're Philly. So I, I wouldn't say it, it's... Always uh, feels, you know, over bef- a, a little bit, you know, earlier than maybe it is. So there, is there a chance for him to have a bit of a, a redemption arc in Philadelphia? Sure. I still, if I'm them, in, in an attempt to, to improve the team and improve the fit, he's not really a good fit with Joel Embiid. I would be looking into trading Ben Simmons actively. What's next? Uh, Tom Brady was a little shocked when at least one NFL team decided to pass on him when he was available in free agency last offseason. So we saw in a teaser for the new season of HBO's The Shop, there's a short clip of Brady recounting his dismay uh, when one team passed on him in order to presumably stick with their starting quarterback. You're sticking with that MFR, said Brady. So uh, do you have a guess on uh, what team Brady was talking about? I mean, when you're a Tom Brady and you're as good as he is, you could be talking about anybody right <laughs> like almost anybody I'm gonna guess Trubisky I'm gonna guess somehow he was involved with the Chicago Bears and that that you know that's the quarterback that makes the most sense to me for him to have that sort of attitude about and a team that had been looking for a quarterback in the past I don't even remember what their um situation was uh, cap wise but I'm gonna guess that Chicago and, and Trubisky is the answer. What's next? 
And finally, as you had mentioned earlier, Jay, uh, Jay-Z's debut uh, studio album, Reasonable Doubt, celebrated its 25th anniversary yesterday. So what's the best debut studio al- album you've ever heard? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough question to put me on the spot with. Uh, you know, whew. Wu-Tang, Enter the 36 Chambers, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt are all up there. I'm trying to think in, in other genres. I'd have to think of, of debuts, you know. Pearl Jam 10 was a big one when I was younger, but I preferred verses. Uh, you always, I, I need to be prepped for that last question sometimes. Cause that's that, do you have an answer real quick for yourself? Uh, Madonna had a great one, yeah, get, moving away from the hip-hop genre. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I, I have to contemplate that a little bit more. Maybe I'll give you an answer next week, 6 to 10 Eastern on the Robin Lundberg Show. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.